You are clear to enter. Welcome to Pizza Planet. Welcome to Pizza Planet, a Pixar podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Gareth. And, and we're, we're your, your delivery, delivery guys. guys. Bringing you a square box of round, hot, cheesy Pixar goodness. Mm-hmm. We've got a bounty of slices in today's feast, so let's dig in. Welcome to Pizza Planet. We've got to sync our voices because that's what we do for the yeah, we, robots. We, yeah, we need to figure out what like our sign-on is going to be. Like when we, Well, I guess we have an intro song. Yeah, we already have the intro. Yeah. Well, this is this is surreal because this actually is starting to feel like a podcast. This is like, what, our third episode? Yeah. People sometimes don't make it past number one. That's true. We've made it to number three, Ben. We did it. We did it. We're a podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Fish, yeah. So, uh, so today we are talking about Pixar theatrical shorts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused with uh, the other three categories of shorts. Ben, do you know the four categories of Pixar shorts? The four categories of the shorts, I do, but I feel like you would describe them better. So what, what, are, what are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, so first you've got your early Pixar shorts. So basically the stuff before they were making movies, they were making shorts, you know, your knickknacks, your tin toys, those guys. And then you've got the theatrical shorts, and those were the shorts that were theatrically released with movies. Like, it used to be uh, common for Pixar to release a movie in theaters with a Pixar short at the top. And then they have the straight-to-DVD shorts. Those are usually the movie tie-ins. So, like, your Mike's New Car, your Jack-Jack Attack, um, anything that ties in with the movie, those were usually straight-to-DVD shorts. And then you've got, um, now, the... Spark shorts, so the shorts that are just straight to Disney+. Plus. So um, those are the four main categories of shorts. I guess there are technically other, like, weird categories where you've got, like, the the Toy Story short films and you've got the, the, oh. the Cars short films. But we're not going to be talking about those for a while. We're Today, we're just talking about the theatrical shorts. Yes. And we're going to be talking about our top five. Yes. We both have uh, a top five list. We don't know each other's uh, lists. I mean, we know, I, I guess we technically know what's on each other's list. We just don't know the order. Yeah, the order, yeah. Okay, and then we, we reviewed all these films, not all of the shorts, but the ones that are on our top five list. We reviewed those before recording this, and uh, we're going to be going over those. And uh, um, starting at number five. Five. So uh, should we just dive into it? Yeah, man. Let's let's go for it. Okay, and you want me to go first? Yeah, start it off, man. Okay, so my number five favorite Pixar theatrical short is Lifted. Ooh. Which, um, I'm trying to remember, is this from Ratatouille? This was before Ratatouille, wasn't it? I believe it it was before Ratatouille, yeah. Yeah, I should have written all of them down. Like, I'm trying to remember which which ones aired. So this would be 2007. So the one with the... uh, uh, Guy getting abducted by an alien, <laughs> yeah. except it's actually a teenager who's taking his uh, driver's test. Oh yes, the alien, yeah, yeah, teenage alien. Um, yeah, I, I. This is just a fun short. Like I, I see one thing you'll learn as we're going through this list is like the ones that I love are the ones that have really fun, unique, original concepts uh-huh. and. I, yeah, I just like the idea of, like, 
turning a alien abduction into this like comedy about a teenager taking a driver's set is just ridiculous. <laughs> I know it is. It's so brilliant that when I was watching it, um, I just thought like the way it's set up, it's just so brilliant because you see this guy sleeping, you see this like bright lights, and then you see um, you see him like start like moving. He's getting like lifted up, yeah. and he's heading towards the window. And you're like, dude, this is crazy! Like so eerie and creepy tone. And then he slams into the wall. Yeah, and then it cuts to. Um, to the the alien with his like finger on the knob ner- nervously, and then it cuts to I think my favorite comedic part at the top is that it cuts to the instructor and he clicks his pen. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, this is brilliant. This is yeah. so good. Yeah, I liked the comedy in this one. It's so well timed. Like of all the Pixar shorts, this is definitely one of the funniest ones. Uh, my I think my favorite comedy moment is when when the alien kid gets really frustrated. He starts just button smashing. Like he's got all these switches on the switchboard and they're all identical and there's like hundreds of them. And so he just starts waving his arms across the switches, um, just trying to make something happen. And all this crazy stuff is like happening to uh, the sleeping guy in the farmhouse. And at one point, like he starts. <laughs> He starts floating gracefully towards the 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 UFO and he's like outside the house, but then he gets transported back into the house and then chaos ensues and it, it's just this funny like split second blink and you miss it moment where it's like, oh, he's doing it. Oh, wait, no, he's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and it, it's just like so good too because you know you really feel for the guy. He's like you know I like we, we remember driver's test. It's it's yeah. just nerve wracking, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's relatable. It's it's for yeah. sure one of uh, one of the best things about comedy is when it can be like really relatable, mm-hmm. and this is definitely that. Another thing I'll say about this this short is it's like on a technical level is a pretty cool exercise in lighting. Mm. I feel like a lot of the time you see a short and you you can kind of see how it's an exercise in some sort of animation technique. Mm. Um, and in this case, like lighting is a big, big part of staging this because it's nighttime, but then you've got this tractor beam and the way it casts light into the room and just, it, it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It, it looks really cinematic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I was going to point out, I don't know if this counts as an Easter egg, but uh, did you watch it to the end of the credits? I don't think I did. Okay, because during the credits, there's I don't think there's any music in the credits, but during the credits, like, you can just hear, um, like, I think, I think it's just sound effects of him sleeping or something like that, and then him waking up. Oh, and yes, then, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, and then at the end, like, you hear him, like, get up out of bed, and then he falls and screams, and... It's it's the Wilhelm scream. Yes, I did catch that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's uh, if, if that counts as an Easter egg because the Wilhelm scream, as we pointed out in the Toy Story episode, that was used in Toy Story also. That's true. Yeah. When, I don't know if we need a stinger for Wilhelm because everyone knows it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, oh, I mean, actually, we maybe could use it because it would be royalty free. I think maybe public domain. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Wilhelm is public domain. Yes. So. Um, so. Yeah, that was lifted. It's so good. Yeah, ch- check it out. I feel like I feel. Hopefully, we're doing a good job of at least teasing it, like because we don't want to like spoil it. But we also yeah. Want if you, you to, haven't like, seen it, assuming assuming you haven't seen it, yeah. I, I I would hope a lot of people have seen it because if you haven't, that probably means you missed Ratatouille in theaters. <laughs> yeah, which is sad because that's my favorite Pixar film. 
Hey, so. spoiler oh, alert. Crap, crap, crap. <laughs> <laughs> this is not feature. This is shorts. Okay. <laughs> what was your number five, Ben? Okay. My number five was Jerry's Game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Jerry's Game is so good. And um, definitely also check this one out. It, to me, is such a classic Pixar short film. It premiered in front of, was it Bugs Life? Yes. Yes, it was in front of Bugs Life. Yeah, and it is just so, I mean, it literally is classic Pixar, but it just, it's uh, this whimsical comedic short about this old man who he's at this park and he's playing chess and he's by himself in this park and he just takes turns basically going from one side of the table to, to the other side of the table, like playing himself. And it's just really funny short because it keeps cutting back to the point where you actually believe that he's actually playing himself in chess. And it's so good. Um, there's some really funny parts to it. And um, yeah, just a clever a clever short. Yeah, I, I remember seeing this one um, when Bugs Life came out on VHS, actually, and because I didn't get to go see Bugs Life in theaters. But I watched this VHS a lot, and I would always watch Jerry's Game at the top, and it um, confused me as a kid because I, I was, like, buying the fact that there were two people. Yeah. Like, I I actually fell victim for the, the I mean, like, the whole joke is, is that it's one guy, but I, I second-guessed that every time I watched it. I was like, no, this is two guys. One of the guys has glasses. One of the guys doesn't. Like, <laughs> yeah. like and then at the end, he gives him his dentures. Like, this is, this is two guys. And it <laughs> took me a, a good number of years of maturing to understand that that's the joke it's one guy yeah um sorry i'm trying to look up when, what year did bugs life come out i want to say it's 97 yeah feel free to, to use it's 98 that would have been my second guess 98 okay um so yeah this is the earliest theatrical pixar short so um what do you think of like the animation as far as like it being the oldest on this list yeah, it, you definitely can tell it, it kind of has a, a, a Toy Story, Bugs Life vibe as far as the animation. It's it's a little bit more, um, I, don't, I don't know, the word rudimentary is right because it's still really good animation. But it definitely, you can you can tell the difference. But it's it's done so well and the story is great. The pacing's great. I mean, you, you, you totally don't even think about the fact that it's that old. Yeah. It feels like, it feels very fresh and fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I was very impressed with um, like the environment. Like it was a very very cool backdrop. Like it's set in the fall. It's got oh, like yeah. really pretty like leaf colors and there's leaves on the ground and stuff like that. It, it's impressive because back then they were not all the way there when it came to textures. Yeah, and textures are what like dress a scene like really nicely. And in this particular movie, I feel like they were able to work around that. Um, and really make the scene work. Like, for example, I noticed that the chess pieces are all, like, wood. And oh, so, yeah. like, wood grain is a lot, I think, easier to duplicate in animation than maybe some other materials. And yeah. my that, that's just what I'm guessing is, is a, a reason why they did it the way they did. But, yeah, uh, I did want to point out, I think this counts as an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the cigar box? Ah, I did, yes. Um, it says P.T. Richmond handmade Pixar shorts. Oh, I, I just saw the, the Pixar shorts part. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who P.T. Mm-hmm. Richmond is. I should have looked that up before we started the <laughs> podcast. But, yeah, that that was something I had never caught before. Um, 
also the music spectacular yeah it's, was that who was that who did the score was it? i don't know who did the score oh, okay. um but it's it's just an iconic riff like it sounds like maybe it's accordion or something oh. but it's like a it's a very i don't know what style of music you would call it but it, it's a very singular sounding song where you can play any like two seconds of it and it's like that's the soundtrack oh, yeah. for Jerry's game. <laughs> so, oh, did, did you notice uh, also Easter eggs that the um, the old man is in Toy Story Two? He's the guy who works on oh, Woody. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So that that technically counts as an Easter egg for Toy Story Two. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Jerry will make another appearance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I was gonna comment when I when I watched this. So we reviewed this obviously a few days ago. I. I was impressed with the way it was directed because as a comedy because he's one guy but there's these two personas and it actually gets you to root for one of them. Oh yeah. Even though it's the same guy, that's yeah. just hilarious to me that you're still rooting for a specific Jerry. There's two Jerrys and you're rooting for the one that actually ends up cheating in the end. Like yeah. the one the one that's playing fair. And that's just such a bizarre like storytelling. Yeah. Like the fact that they pulled that off is just hilarious. Yeah, it, it really is good directing. And the acting that Jerry does in both of the people is really good because it really does make you believe it's these are two different people. Mm -hmm. His mannerisms and the way he talks. And that was one of the things I wanted to note too, is that, you know, so Toy Story One, you know, it's toys mostly. Yeah. Um the humans are kind of like it's very like minimal uh, yeah. showing the humans. And then Bugs Life, you've got bugs. And then Jerry's game, it's all Jerry. It's a human. Yeah. Which I assume is way harder to animate. And it it looks great and like all the little nuances in his performance and his mm. facial expressions that really sells the, yeah. the short are done really well. For yeah, time. actually, that's a really good point. I hadn't considered this is the first major human character to like star in a Pixar property, if you think about it. Because, yeah, Andy's in Toy Story, but they purposefully underused his screen time. Yeah. That's for a reason. And then this movie is entirely, or this short, is entirely focused on one guy. So that's that's actually really impressive, yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny, the the dentures gag. <laughs> yeah. When he, yeah. When he gives himself the dentures and the, his, his laugh is iconic. Yeah, it zooms out and he's in this alone park, yeah. I'm almost afraid to ask, but like I'm, I'm wondering if either of us can can do the laugh, the the Jerry laugh, the he 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 he. That's pretty good. <laughs> it is very distinct laugh that he has. <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to number four? Yeah, that's that was Jerry's game. So my number four is. Day and night. Ooh. Cue up Kid Cudi. Yeah, right? Day and night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Day and Night, that one I know for a fact is from 2010 because I, I remember it played in front of Toy Story 3. Ooh. Big fan, big fan of Day and Night. Um, yeah. I feel like I have a big appreciation for this one for a number of reasons. Like, I, let me just go down the laundry list of reasons. Yeah. This is a this is a masterpiece in my mind. So uh, it's a great exercise in sound effects because it tells an entire story just yeah. using sound effects. Right. Um, it's innovative in its the way it blends different mediums because it's using 2D animation and 3D animation yeah. in like a way that 
I had never seen before, like when this came out. Like it was just such a a cool visual yeah. using those two styles and and I really liked the character design cuz it it seemed to invoke like 1970s Hanna-Barbera characters. I don't know if you noticed that, but oh, the way yeah, the way they're the two characters day and night are animated, they look a lot like Hanna-Barbera characters, uh which I appreciate. Hmm. And uh oh, I just wanted to emphasize that like the the storytelling, like the message, there's a message to this short um at the end it has kind of like this emotional moment where they hear this radio broadcast where this i assume this is a existing speech given some at some point i, I should yeah. have looked up who who it was yeah i wondered who it was too yeah. yeah um but them like hearing this speech and then kind of realizing that differences are okay and like differences can can be a positive thing yeah i loved that that didn't feel jarring or shocking like hmm. you have this hilarious setup and then it's got this emotional payoff that doesn't really take away from the humor and the humor doesn't take away from the message oh, so yeah. it blends really well and that's like a really hard balance to strike i think yeah so yeah the humor the creativity the the experimental animation is just very um and it's got a thought-provoking message and yeah i i just love this one yeah <laughs> i'm really glad you, you brought this up um because it really is such an interesting film visually. It's just like, I remember watching it being like, this has never been done before. Mm -hmm. Like just thinking about that. And like, it's just so, so cool. And you see how they overlap yeah. and reveal things. Yeah. Should we, should, should we maybe describe this for anyone who hasn't <laughs> yeah. seen it? Yeah, we should. Well, go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. I'll, I'll do my best to try to describe it. Cause it's such a visual like thing, but basically there's these two characters there. Uh, I don't know how, how you describe their outline, them. their body outline. Yeah. Their body outline. I don't even know. Like it's they're like, like a window. Yeah. They're, they're and, but they're like themselves are like this kind of like almost like a dwarf kind of character. I don't know how you like a blob. <laughs> oh, you mean their, their own character design. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just like little, yeah. Little cartoon Guys. Yeah, little cartoon guys. And they're windows, so you can see right through them. Everything's black. Everything's black around them. But you see their outline, and it reveals, like, 3D animation behind them. And one is day, and one is night. So everything that is behind night is, like, is like landscapes that are happening at night or things that are happening at night. And then the day is, is, is all during the day. And they're both interacting with each other. But, like, whenever they, like, overlap, it's the same, like, Yeah, they're both background. windows into the same world, landscape. Yeah. Same world, yeah, but they're they're just two different times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Two different times of the, of the day. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's so cool. And uh, to your point about like the message, they realize at the end like they kind of like they need each other. Like when the sun's like setting and one of the sun's rising and the other one, and then mm -hmm. they both come and it's, the sun's like circular. Yeah. This <laughs> is a cool moment. And then it, like switches. Then one's day and one's night. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. One thing that I was gonna point out, um, I noticed a potential precursor to a moment in turning red in oh. this particular short. Okay. There's a there's a moment where there's a swimming pool and whenever Day stands in front of it, there's like a bunch of girls in swimsuits like playing around the pool. Mm -hmm. And Knight sees this and he like kind of like howls, you know, like cat calls them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it just it immediately brought to mind when when May May is running past the convenience store and she stops to gawk at the clerk, oh. and she goes, Awooga! Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. So, anyways, that's day and night. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. And I was just going to say real quick, too, um, 
the, what you, you mentioned how like they were able to have this like touching moment at the end in the midst of a really humorous story, um, it reminded me of another point I wanted to say about Lifted was that it's so funny, that short, but um, one of the coolest moments that happens at the end, and it, it's really what makes it a Pixar short as as compared to just a, another you, You're talking about short. Lifted? About Lifted, yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, this is a great comedic short. Everything's so great, but they could have ended the film and it would have been still like amazing, right? Yeah. But then the teenage alien gets help from the instructor and, you know, gets the guy abducted and then they release him and then they're they're like about to drive away to like leave okay and then the teenager is like you know really upset and like teary-eyed because he, he did terrible and then the instructor like looks over at him and like has empathy for him and then just like takes the steering wheel and then like nods to him and then allows him to, to drive away and then the teenager gets really excited and he you know leaves with the ship and it's just such a cool little moment Mm -hmm. between this instructor and the teenager and it's like it works so well like mm -hmm. it it fits in with the comedy and that's just a note that with these pixar shorts i mean they've successfully found a way with the the pixar recipe they found a way to do it in shorts too yeah you've got everything like you've got comedy you've got a really good story you've got these touching pixar feels moments mm -hmm. it's just amazing what they can do yeah in like a few minutes so Anyways, just wanted to brag more on these on these shorts because it's really amazing how they pulled this off. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, moving on to number three. Number three. Uh, oh, is it my turn? Or no? No, you haven't oh, shared whoa, your number sorry, four. Oh, yeah, number four. I was about to say. Oh, well, number four was Lifted. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my my rant about Lifted was worth it because it, uh, uh, okay. uh, it. I was I was about to say, I, I wonder if he's going to talk about Lifted on his list later. And didn't he didn't he actually crash it after that emotional moment where he hands over the steering oh, wheel? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he flies away. <laughs> and then he, and all of a sudden you just, you just see the ship go away. And then, boom, it like hits right on top of the house. And you think like, oh, my gosh, he just crushed the house. Probably killed this dude. First Pixar casualty since Hopper and Bugs Life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then the, the the plane pulls or the plane the ship pulls away, and then it, that little hole where they abduct the uh, the human, mm -hmm. that hole is uh, protected him in his bed, and they fly away. And so there's just this the guy on the bed and on this little little piece of land, and all around it is this giant crater. And then it goes to credits, and then, like we said earlier, uh, at the end of the credits, you just hear him like waking up. <laughs> <And> then, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, lifted so good. Actually, I take back my my previous statement. Incredibles had some deaths in it. Oh, Syndrome died, and then before that, there were some off-screen deaths, like uh, Gazer Beam. Well, there's some theories about Syndrome. I think about oh, really. Him. Maybe well, maybe we'll have to get to get yeah. into that in another podcast. Yes, um, we'll. But yeah, so so that was our number fours. So Dan Knight and Lifted. Lifted. My number three was Jerry's Game. Hey, nice. Hey. <laughs> so we already talked about that. Um, what was your number three? Uh, my number three was Partly Cloudy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say Partly Cloudy is a great pick. I'll go ahead and let you share first though. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, okay. So Par Parley Cloudy is just a great short. It's a really clever short in that it plays on the whole idea of like, you know, storks are like what bring, you know, um, children to families. And basically you see in the very beginning of the short that these, these storks, they're flying, they deliver all these, these babies, they deliver kittens and little puppies to mm -hmm. families and then they fly back into the sky and then you follow them and then they go up to these, these clouds and these clouds are actually like characters. Mm -hmm. um, and the clouds, 
they just kind of poof into exi- existence mm-hmm. different um like animals and babies and but also like other things too yeah and uh and then so anyways the, the story follows this this one cloud who everything he makes is just like very dangerous uh animals and yeah, like not not fun things to be around. And the stork that's paired with him is just like, you can just tell he's been through the ringer. I mean, he's got feathers falling off. He's like bruised and like doesn't really walk right. He looks right. slightly singed. Yeah, <laughs> singed, a little mangy. Anyways, the story plays plays with their relationship between this this cloud guy and the stork. And um, the the film just really moved me because it shows unconditional love. Yeah, specifically in friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, how sometimes there are people in your life, including we are like this too, where we, we can be a burden to other people, mm-hmm. other people can be a burden. I mean, that's just life, right? And uh, this call to like, even if, you know, like sometimes love love costs you. Yeah. And this stork is just like always there for his friend. And there's a really cool moment at the end where you think that he's leaving his his cloud friend and the cloud like, you know, starts crying and turns into rain and, yeah. and uh, he gets mad to like thunderstorm. But uh, the sort of end up coming comes back and he's got on like protective gear and he's like ready ready to ready to go for his friend and it's just like it's just a really touching message. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I really like this one. I don't want to spoil what else is on my list, but um, but yeah, I, this was almost my on my top five. It's definitely uh, my top ten. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to highlight one thing. Looking at the, all these uh, all the shorts this week, um, kind of like looking over some of the behind the scenes information one thing i noticed i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that this is the first time a pixar short director went on to direct an actual movie um because that's becoming more common now like we've got enrico casarosa and Mm -hmm. domi she are both now featured directors who had previously done pixar theatrical shorts um but this movie was directed by um was it peter Sone? yeah peter Sone. that's who it was yeah and and so he went on to direct the good dinosaur so i i believe that this was the first pixar theatrical short to have a director that went on to do a feature oh nice yeah so yeah, Peter Stone. Big shout out to him. He's uh, if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Peter Stone is, he's the voice actually of a lot of Pixar characters. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I think he's he's best known probably as Squishy in Monsters University. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> um, he, I think he voices somebody in Toy Story. I can't remember who. And then he um, is going to be Socks, the the robot cat in the upcoming Lightyear movie. Oh, um, but yeah, if you if you look up his IMDb, like he's he's done a lot of Pixar characters. So oh, very cool. Yeah. What was your number three? Oh well, first before we move past <coughs> partly cloudy, I did want to highlight something. I I think that this score was by Michael Giacchino. Because oh, because this one, right. we, we, yeah, this one I think played in front of Up. So this one would have been two thousand nine, I think. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, but Up was famously scored by Michael Giacchino, so I think he did this the the score for this too, which is pretty cool. Oh, that makes sense because there was a part that I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of the Up soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that it was Michael Giacchino and. And I was also going to highlight the fact that watching it this week, this is the first time I noticed a, a detail that I had not picked up on before. Okay. Um, at the very end, the stork goes over to the other cloud, one of the other clouds, and does this kind of fake out thing where the, the, the cloud gets really sad and then, or really angry and then kind of sad. Yeah. And he thinks that he's abandoning him. Well, then he comes back with football gear, like saying like, hey, like yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I'm ready now. Like, I've got protection or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, what I had never picked up on is at the very beginning, we see that same cloud that he, he goes off to make a football helmet. Oh. Because he, he was the one who was making a human baby, and he gives it a football oh, and then puts right. a football helmet on it. Yeah. And so that was literally foreshadowing, like, like this is this is how he got that football oh, gear. Oh, yeah. Because this guy specializes, I guess, in making babies that play football or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So... So yeah, I, I had always thought that that was kind of random, and now I'm like putting two and two together, and like, oh, okay, it's like it's all foreshadowing in the in, within the the movie, but yeah, yeah. And I also just wanted to highlight how adorable the babies all are, even like the the the, the babies that the main cloud, the dark rainy cloud, mm-hmm. um, makes. He he makes a little baby gator, he makes a little baby ram, he makes a little baby porcupine, a little baby eel. Yeah. Um, and I'm disappointed we didn't get to see the baby shark. Oh, yeah. He, he just shapes it, and then we never actually get to see it, but I bet that would have been cute, too. Yeah, there, <laughs> it was cool. And it, it also plays a lot on the, another message besides, like, you know, just, just, you know, the people in your life that you're, we're called to love no matter how hard it may be. Um, it also has a message of like the comparison game where you mm-hmm. you look at other people and all the things that they're doing. You know, I think about like social media. It's easy to like see people like on vacation and stuff, and you're like, oh man, like my life's not like as good as theirs. Yeah. And so it kind of plays on on that too. So, anyways, a lot of good messages. Definitely highly recommend checking out Partly Cloudy on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I think we're up to number two now. Number two. Number two. Number three, my lord. <laughs> Pick number three, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's holding up two fingers. So uh, that's not a Pixar reference. We oh, can't do that. Yeah, DreamWorks crap. Get out of here. <laughs> we, did, we, we, we don't think DreamWorks is crap. No, we just, no. We just don't acknowledge it at all. Yeah, we, we just don't talk about it. No, we, <laughs> we don't talk about DreamWorks. <laughs> <No. laughs> Wait, but that's no. But that's Disney. A, that's a Disney reference that's not Pixar. Oh. We can't. We don't talk about <laughs> Disney. <laughs> One, what, uh, isn't there a Bible verse about a man cannot serve two masters? Or yeah, yeah. No, I, can't we just say that we love, you know, yeah, we love all, Disney, we love DreamWorks. All, all animated movies. We're, we're big fans of, but I mean, yeah. we are, we're not about to say that they're as good as Pixar. No, we bleed Pixar blood, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> okay, so anyways, moving on to number two. My number two is Bounden. Oh, interesting. Insert air horn. So yeah, Bounden is a uh, 2004 Pixar short. It uh, played in front of the Incredibles, oh. and it's their first musical short. I feel like a lot of people give Lava a lot of credit. Oh, this yeah. this is the precursor to Lava because it's also a narrated musical short, very similar style. Yeah. But this one's got like a Western theme, so it's about a a sheep in the desert who gets shaved one day and then he's embarrassed about it. So then a jackalope pops along and sings him a song to give him self-confidence and they they, they bounce. The, that's the whole song is bounding, bound, 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 bound and rebound. rebound. Yeah, <laughs> and that kind of restarts or, or kicks off the sheep's confidence, self-confidence. 
and uh, and then he feels better. So it's just like a really cute, short little thing, but it has always been one of my favorite Pixar shorts ever since I first saw it, partly because I'm a sucker for jackalopes. I love <laughs> jackalopes. I've been to Arizona and I've seen some some jackrabbits relatively close like up close and they are cool animals like yeah. if you're if you're thinking that a a, a a jackrabbit is literally just you know a normal rabbit like a normal bunny like what we have here out east like we live in indiana and so like yeah. the, the bunnies here are just like fat little garden eaters and <laughs> no the stuff out west those those things are impressive specimens like they're so fast like yeah. They will like disappear in like a split second and you'll be on like a completely flat area where you can see for miles and it'll just disappear. Wow. It's crazy. So anyways, I like jackrabbits. I like jackalopes because they've got the kind of whole mysterious cryptid mythology behind them. But yeah, this short is about the the sheep and the 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 jackalope and there's banjo music and um oh i was gonna say another thing that's really cool and unique about this is the entire thing was written and directed and music was written and performed all by one guy really yeah so bud lucky who he was a he was a pixar employee he actually voiced rick dicker in the incredibles Oh. Um, and then he went on to become the new Eeyore for Disney. Um, he, so he, vo- he voiced Eeyore in like the 2011 Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Yeah, his name is Bud Lucky. He, um, he wrote and directed this, and he wrote all the music for it, and he performed it. So he's the one singing and, and doing the voices of both the jackalope and the sheep. Whoa, jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's impressive because that, that makes it way more like cool because it feels like a very personal, like, like this could almost be maybe like a, a nursery rhymes type story that he would tell like his grandkids or something like I don't know yeah. where it came from, but <laughs> but it definitely feels like it's got that like, hey, let's sit down and listen to grandpa tell a story kind of vibe. Yeah, it does. So yeah, and and I love any kind of music with banjo in it. There's, <laughs> there's harmonica in it too and it has everything that you like. Yeah. It's just it's it, it's just like yeah, it just is playing all the right notes for me. I will say though the one the one strange thing about it is the character design. I actually will, you know, give them props for the character design cuz it's very outside the box. Like I actually like the way they did the jackalope cuz they they give him a little bit more of a plump look yeah he's got like these giant feet um normally jackrabbits or or jackalopes are more slim um more like uh, aerodynamic but this is a very wide framed jackalope yeah which is just unconventional but very cool like i think he looks good the the one character design that felt a little bit odd to me is the sheep for some reason he's always he always just looked off-putting to me like the way he i, I don't know if it's Something in the face, maybe that just made him look like kind of, kind of shady, kind of like yeah. I don't kinda, trust that guy. Yeah, he his face reminds me a little bit, just a little bit of Smeagol. Like, oh yeah, things, so, which sounds terrible. Like it's not that bad, but it's just, he does look a little bit kind of slightly creepy. But yeah, um, makes you feel for him. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's Bounden. Did you have any? Thoughts on Bounding? Yeah, I, it's a cute story, and it's a re- it's got a really good message. I feel like it's a really good story for kids. Um, and to your point earlier about, um, you know, most Pixar shorts are silent. I don't know how you would say that. No dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. 
So not silent. But anyways, yeah. No, no dialogue is 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 like most Pixar films are like that. It's all storytelling through visuals and sound effects. Yeah. Um, or or maybe some voice noises, but they're not actually words. Um, this is a musical, like you said, and so it's just interesting storytelling scene when you're expecting a certain kind of Pixar short, and then you watch this, and it still has it still hits you in the feels, and so yeah, no, a lot a lot of love to Bounded. I like that one. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what is your number two? My number two is Bow. Bow. Domi Shi. Represent. That's the director. She also did Turn Red. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure that we'll both have a lot to talk about. I know you oh, like yeah. that film. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Bow is just, I mean, everyone knows about Bow. It won an Oscar, I think, right? Yeah. I feel like it's the it's like the new lava in a way where everyone's talk, was talking about it in some ways are talking about it. I I just hear mm-hmm. people referencing it randomly. Yeah. But yeah, so Bao is uh such a good film. Um it's about there it's a Chinese family, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, about a Chinese um Chinese Canadian. One oh. thing one thing I didn't catch until this viewing is that at the end of the short film, I won't spoil anything, but at the end of the short film, the dad is wearing a, a Canadian leaf on his sweater. Interesting. Which totally lines up because Domi, she is Canadian, and she directed Turning Red, which is also about a Chinese-Canadian family. So Ah, it all fits. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's about a Chinese um, mother, and she's like, looks like she has that... She, has somewhat of a struggling relationship with her husband. It's a little unclear, but um, she seems just kind of down. And then she's cooking these dumplings. We actually see this in Turning Red, this similar dumpling, yeah, whatever I, that's called. We, we apologize if that's <laughs> yeah. not the right word for what that food is. Yeah. Is it, is it actually called bao? Is that what it is? Oh, I, we should look that up. And again, apologize. <laughs> we, we probably should have looked it up before we did this podcast. We are going to do much more research next time. So sorry, guys. Um... <laughs> So she's cooking, yeah, these, we'll call them dumplings, and then it comes to life, and it's this little baby, and it's, like, crying, and she's, like, her eyes, like, open, we actually see her eyeballs, um, and uh, then she starts taking care of this dumpling, and it's, and it's kind of, like, strange at first as you watch this, and then, you're, and then you kind of just, like, accept it, and she's, like, caring for it, and anyways, the whole film was about her relationship with this, this like, child dumpling, and she's, like, so overprotective. Um, as it's growing up. Yeah. It's not just as a as as like her caring for it. It's literally be growing in independence throughout the short. Yes, that's that's a good point. So we see it growing. We see you know it's like getting taller. She's marking the mm-hmm. the walls, you know. And uh, anyways, yeah, it, there's a lot of vibes to me of Finding Nemo in the in the message about a parent being overprotective, and which I love that film and, and um, too, but. So it's a really touching film. There's the spoiler that everyone talks about, the shocking spoiler. I won't spoil it just in case you haven't seen Bao. Um, but that, of course, everyone talks about that moment. Yeah. And I remember being in the theater, and I literally heard someone out loud go, like, what the? Beep? Well, wait, I was with you, because we saw, we saw this in theaters together in Chicago. This was in front of Incredibles too. We were oh, with, we were right. with Andy. With Andy, yes. Yeah, I because re- I remember that moment that you're talking about, and I literally did one of those like really loud gasps because <laughs> I was yeah I was like yeah well I so I I know that you love this film. I I, I want to get your thoughts too on Bo. So. Okay, so let's go ahead and get this out of the way. My number one <laughs> is, is Bo, and uh, <laughs> yes, I oh my gosh, it's it's. 
it gets number one on my list, and it's been number one ever since I saw it in theaters with mm. Ben, as we just mentioned. Um, interestingly, in front of Incredibles 2 in 2018, what's interesting about that is my number two is Bao Din, ah. which played in front of Incredibles 1. Oh, interesting. So there's a bow at the beginning of each Incredible. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we, we saw this together in theaters, and I just remember being like, this is the first time I'm shocked by a Pixar short, and like, not just shocked, but entertained in a way I didn't expect to be entertained, and then like, actually have something thought-provoking happen that makes you go, what does that mean? Like, like I, mm. for a good part of watching Incredibles 2, my mind was still on bow. And, like, uh, there's never been a Pixar short like that, like, where it haunts you and it makes you think about it. It makes you want to, like, rewatch it because it's like, well, I want to figure out, like, you know, what what it all meant. Like, what is Domi Shi trying to say with this? It just felt like such a departure from the, you know, comedy, heartwarming blends that all Pixar shorts kind of are. And then this one broke out of that and was like, okay, yeah, we're going to have some funny moments. We're going to have some heartwarming moments. But mostly this is just going to be you staring at the screen going, what is going on? And then... And then climaxing it with that that moment that Ben is referring to, like that shocking moment where you're just like, what did I just watch? Yeah. And it's just so brilliant. Like, I give this movie so much props. And, like, everything about it is unconventional. Like, even the character design, this was a completely new direction oh, for, yeah. for character design, too, because you've got these kind of, like, disproportioned humans who have, like, this kind of, like, I don't know, boxy kind of appearance. Yeah, and they've got like really big heads and it's just a very, very different look for Pixar and it's such a weird movie and maybe that's why I like it. Yeah, what what were your thoughts on watching it the second time? Or not second, I should say. This week? Recently, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it it holds less less value maybe every time you watch it because you already know what what to expect in some regards, but at the same time, it's just, there's still a lot to analyze about it. Like, yeah. there's still some some threads you could follow that might might bring you to new thoughts or new perspectives, new insights into it. I, I do really like the first time watching it best, though. Mm. And, and I don't think that, yeah, the rewatchability factor is necessarily plays a huge part of my ranking of it, but it definitely is so incredible the first time you watch it. Yeah, so when I first watched it, I was with you, obviously. Yeah. I did not fully grasp the meaning of the the. Well, I didn't either. Oh, okay. See, I I, I should clarify. I watched it several times after that. Like, as soon as it became available online, I watched it several times. And so this isn't, like, my second or third time watching it. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's why I I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of value to watching it this week specifically. Just because I'm kind of familiar with it. But anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, So (laughs) when I rewatched it, this this is, I think it might be the second time I've seen it. um, Okay. Or maybe third, but... So for me, I won't spoil the moments, but I, I think I can. It's okay for me to talk about the the message it, yeah, it, it yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. brings. And uh, to me, I was like kind of blown away by the film. Mm-hmm. It was going to be like a lower number on my ranking, and then when I when I was now able to fully understand the film 
and especially in in uh, in accordance with that with the moments, the shocking moment, it was a game changer for me. Oh yeah, because I realized like she is so overprotective. She's so the mother is so not wanting her son to live his own life. She's so like gatekeeping about him that she literally she does something that literally prevents him at all from living. Mm-hmm. She's totally taking everything of, of him and into everything of her. That's all I'll say. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, it's, it is a shocking moment, but you realize like that is the epitome in a, in a, in a, in a very um, a metaphorical way. That is the epitome of holding someone back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's like chilling because you realize like, it's relatable in a way. Like I could see as a parent it's, how I could feel that way. Yeah. But it's also just, it's a brilliant metaphor is I guess what yeah, I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about it is you definitely need to, to, to be able to process it. Yeah. Which isn't true for every Pixar film. Cause like, for example, just going off the top of my head, day and night, there's no processing that happens after watching that. The message is 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 told to you at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's fair. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I am saying that this one, Bao, does something that Pixar shorts don't normally do, which is they make you work to understand it. Yeah. And you have to do some processing. You have to do a little bit of deeper thought, a little bit of accepting of of the rules of the narrative, like. It, like I said, it's such a weird movie. And if it weirds you out too much, you might miss something. Yeah, right. That's I think that's what I was so weirded out initially. But then once I thought about it, and uh, I also wanted to ask, what was your Pixar feels moment for that film? I, it would be like at the very end when the mom is on the bed and then the dad comes in and he like nudges the son. Yeah, dude. That Yeah, that moment was was definitely... A Pixar feels moment. <laughs> Wait, did you record yourself crying? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna laugh every time we play this stinger, and it's gonna like totally like sap the the uh, the effect out of yeah. it. Um, yeah. The last thing I was gonna say about this is I, I genuinely wonder what the inspiration was for this because like did did Domi she just like have a, a trippy dream one night and go oh, I'm gonna turn this into a short film like because that I feel like that I have trippy dreams sometimes and I'm like oh I should turn this into a short film and then I go oh no that's kind of weird but that's what this is it feels like you know somebody had a weird trippy dream and yeah. then they they ran with it they're like oh, i don't care if it's weird <laughs> i don't care if it came from like the 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 deepest darkest parts of my subconscious like it's i'm gonna put it on a screen yeah i'm not i don't care <laughs> okay <laughs> dude it's brilliant yeah so anyways we've talked we've talked a lot about bow that was my number one i would love to know what your number one is ben number one is drum roll <laughs> La Luna. La Luna. La Luna. Directed by Enrico Casarosa. 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 Director of Lucar. <laughs> yep. Yep. So this is the third Pixar short we've talked about then that has a, a director that went on to do a theatrical, like, feature-length movie. That's right. Sorry, not theatrical. 
Luca was not theatrical. Oh, yes, you're right, yeah. And neither was Turning Red. Yeah, yeah, strange times. But La Luna premiered before, was it, what film was it before? Oh, um, you know what, I'm going to look it up. You start talking. (laughs) To Google, away. Um, La Luna was the, I'm I'm buying time, uh, (laughs) short theatrical Pixar film that premiered before the theatrical release of the Pixar film. Hold on, hold on. Just talk about it. (laughs) Just talk about it. I'll interrupt you when I get it. So La Luna, check it out, guys. It's such an interesting film, and uh, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because it really taps into what I really like about Pixar shorts is that they are just like, like it's like I just love concepts, like very interesting, original concept. And the film is about this Italian family. If you've seen Luca, it's it it you know very similar kind of area. I think that it's reaching a regional uh, area in Italy, as I'm as what I'm assuming. And it's a family, um, a little boy, his grandpa, and his father. I assume uh, they're in this boat, and um, it's like a it's a it's really dark out, and the like the moon's out, the stars are out. And they they uh, basically pull up to this really shining. I think it's the moon. I think yeah, well, mm-hmm. it makes sense. But the name yeah. of the, the name of the boat is La, La Luna, and they pull up to this the bright moon. It's like super big, super bright. And then they like pull up this ladder out of the boat, and you're like, what is happening right now? And the ladder goes up really, really high. And then the little boy they like give him this anchor, and he starts climbing up the ladder. And this is where I remember first seeing this, and I was just so pulled in because I was like this is fascinating. Like, where's this boy climbing in this boat in this ladder? He's like going towards the moon. Like, it's just such a cool concept. Yeah, I'm a sucker for really interesting original concepts. And he climbs up this ladder and then as he gets to the top of the ladder, the gravity shifts and then he like, he like gets, the gravity pulls him to the moon. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is, I I will say, this is such an intriguing world building short film like yeah you don't see a lot of fantasy world building kind of stuff but like this is one of those shorts where it leaves you with like a lot of questions yeah you're like what's going on how's this work and um so anyways he he, he gets pulled onto the moon and then it's if you've ever played uh super mario galaxy yeah um, it's like that <laughs> um, it's, it is literally like yeah super mario galaxy that's a perfect way of describing it <laughs> yeah and then his his father and his grandpa get up there and they start like raking these like little tiny stars that are on this 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 moon planet thing and they're like raking the stars and they're trying to clean it up and um and they're glowing yeah they're they're get the main source of light yeah that's right so there's glowing stars and one actually like you can see them like it like flies and like it like crash lands on the 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 moon and and so there's this whole story about like this this like a coming of age story in a way where this boy is like you know he's kind of taking after his 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 uh his father and his grandfather but they're kind of like the father and the grandfather are kind of like disagreeing a lot on like what the boy should do and so it's kind of this playful like, comedy between how to, like, how to do his job yeah yeah how, yeah how to like they're like critiquing his job and so um there's like some family dynamics there and then in the end of the story the boy is like kind of um like you know trying to find his own way of doing things and the uh the kind of the the really cool like pixar moments in a way not really feels but a really kind of a cool way to end the film is after they're done working on the moon they come back down into the boat and like the last shot is you see it's a crescent moon now 
that they've raked all the stars and now oh. it made the moon a crescent moon. Oh. So it's kind of like, it's suggesting that in this world, like that's how the moon, yeah. it's the phases of the moon are by these workers. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, so cool. I love it. Yeah. It's it, like I said, the world building is so like intriguing and it's so cool and it's, it's creative and it's visually beautiful. Yeah, it is. Um, the way they play with um, visual, like this is one of those stories where it is absolutely something that works 100% better because it was animated and not done in live action. Oh, yeah. Like, cause they do all these like fun little like visual gags. Like for example, like the grandpa is, is sweeping with a broom that's shaped like his beard. Oh, yeah. But then the, the, the dad is, is sweeping with like a, uh, like one of those uh, bristly. Oh yeah. Like bristly. It's, it's also a broom, broom, but like one of those like wide, brooms i don't know what you call them but with like bristles and stuff and it looks like his mustache yeah and so you you get to add a lot of like caricaturizations and and stuff like that and then the the stars themselves are actually shaped like stars like the shape not like literal balls of gas you know oh yes yeah they're more like glowing stones in in the shape of stars yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very, very beautiful. And and the music, again, I think this is Michael Giacchino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. So really, really cool soundtrack. Um, oh, I did look it up. This played in front of Brave, so it was oh. 2012. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I, think I remember, because I, I know I saw Brave in theaters, and I think I remember being like more impressed with this than I was the actual feature-length movie that played after it. <laughs> yeah. We'll have your uh, analysis on that film soon. Yeah. I assume. And, and the fact that this has, like, magic in it is really cool, too. Like, like literal magic. Like, they're in a boat, but then a ladder, like, comes up out of the boat, and it's like, where did the ladder come yeah, from? Yeah, where, where did this huge ladder come from? <laughs> There's so many questions. And, yeah, I, I think for me, like, you know, have I have, you know, Bao and partly cloudy like my two and three because those films have such good messages mm-hmm. and they're thought-provoking but for me la luna is just it's just a, a visual like the wonder behind the film there's a lot of mystery and it's just beautiful and you just i just want to like be in the land of la luna like yeah. that world just seems interesting to me yeah and and anytime you're addressing family I feel like it's a really power, effective and powerful kind of way to, to make characters relatable. Because um, yeah. this is a generational story. Yeah, you're and right, you've yeah. got a lot of things like, you know, a kid could watch this and see himself in the little boy. Mm-hmm. Like a, an older adult could, could watch this and see themselves in their dad, or maybe a, like a grandparent could see themselves in the grandpa. And oh, it's just very yeah. family oriented. So, and I'll also point out this has the fingerprints of Luca all over it because yes. it's, you know, Enrico Casarosa. And I know this has been pointed out to death by Pixar fans, but the the dad in this, he literally is is the dad of uh, the girl from Luca. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> With the small face and the stunt, the eyebrows, like... Yeah, and crunched. then, like, the giant mustache that covers half his face. Half his face yeah. And then he's got, like, a big, broad kind of figure. And yeah. It's just funny how he carried that over. yeah. But anyways, <laughs> copy paste. No, <laughs> I'm sure it's much more than that. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those were our top fives. Um, and before before we sign off, I thought we could give some honorable mentions. Ooh. 
So I, I will share real quick yeah. that uh, my full top 10 list did include Partly Cloudy, which we already talked about, La Luna, which we already talked about. I think both of those are brilliant. They absolutely deserve to be on top 10. I, I kind of hemmed and hawed about whether it was going to be Lifted, Partly Cloudy, or La Luna. That oh, was going to be yeah. take the number five spot. I ended up going with Lifted. But also in my top 10, I got the Blue Umbrella. Oh, yeah. Um, that good. one's really cool. One Man Band and Presto. Oh, yes. Those are all good. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Um, I have... So th- uh, I have three honorable mentions. I have, of course, Day and Night. And then two more that we didn't talk about were Lava and Piper. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I have a lot to say about Piper. Oh. <laughs> so, so we were going to go over some... Uh, less than honorable mentions later. <laughs> You're like, I was going to cover those, but in less honorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, d- d- did you want to talk about any of those specifically? Oh, I mean, it, it's, it's, I could, it's tough because we both have so many honorable mentions. I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll just talk about Lava because I'd, I'd be curious to hear your perspective, but there, there are so many other good Pixar shorts like we were just mentioning, but I do think Lava is interesting. I mean, it's of course a, a fan favorite. Everyone loves Lava, mm-hmm. um, but I do think there's something about Lava that I think is easy to to just dismiss as like, oh, it's a, it's like playing into the Disney fan crowd, because it, it's a musical, which is really impressive to do. It's a really cool storytelling through song, which I think is kind of neat. Yeah, it's really cool, like visually, like volcanoes that that are like, they're like stuck in their positions yeah. and there's this love story. So it's kind of like interesting storytelling on there. And I mean, the songs are catchy for sure. The song mm-hmm. is catchy, but I, I think it's a touching story. It definitely is not top five, but, but I liked it. But yeah, what is your, uh, your hot take on the, where, did you have a hot take on lava or not on lava? Lava. Oh, oh, oh it was Piper. You were going to yeah. talk about okay. Piper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my, my, my beef with Piper and now don't get me wrong. I like Piper. I think all the Pixar shorts are great except for maybe Lou, uh, <laughs> but we don't need to talk about that. Um, that's, that's my main, main less than honorable mention, but I just wanted to mention that for me, Piper is so forgettable. Hmm. I think that it, it 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 rides one specific quality that it gets all the praise for, but it f- doesn't fail on other levels. It just manages to be sufficient on other levels. Hmm. The one the one quality that it rides is it has like photorealistic animation. Dude, it's so and, good. Yeah. But my problem is is that I feel like photorealistic animation in this context it just diminishes part of what I love about animation. I feel like if you're going to use photorealistic animation, it should be for a reason. Oh, okay. And it should be like, I don't know. Like like when I watch animation, I, I, I kind of want to see something that I can't see otherwise. Mm-hmm. But this Piper just feels like a nature documentary. It just looks like a nature documentary. Yeah, like natural. Um, and it's a cool-looking nature documentary, sure. But like here's the two titles I'll bring up to, to kind of contrast my argument. So Dinosaur is a, a movie by Disney where they did photorealistic looking dinosaurs, told a story with them. That makes sense because you can't tell a story with dinosaurs. They they, they are oh. no longer alive. Yeah, so they yeah. had, that was literally the only option. That made sense to do that. And then, But then For the Birds is about birds. You can, you, 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 
you can see birds outside, but they they did these ridiculous caricatures. Like they've got oh, the nice. one big bird, and they're all blue, and then the tiny little birds that just look they're they're all clearly cartoon style. So yeah. this is photorealistic birds. So and I feel like if they had made it about dodos, that would have justified. That would have been cool because nobody nobody alive today has seen a dodo. Oh. So you could do photorealistic dodos. Imagine how cool that would be. But no, they do sandpipers. I'm sure there's this nature documentary out there somewhere that has sandpipers in it, and it just looks like that. So I just feel like Piper is forgettable. Hmm. I feel like it rides the wave of like, yes, we've we've achieved like photorealistic looking animation, and that is an achievement that I didn't necessarily need from Pixar, unless they're going to use it for something like I said, like dodos or dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I, I just thought it was this story. I liked how it was about like this little sandpiper who's just like afraid of the water. And like he, the bird, like, I think that I, I didn't watch it, so it's not fresh in my mind, but I remember it being like, I don't know, just like relatable. Like as a kid, you can be mm-hmm. afraid of things and like learns to like have confidence. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a cute story. Like yeah. I said, it's serviceable. It's like, it's definitely sufficient yeah. to be a Pixar short. But that, but it's fair about like, did, did it need the, the, yeah. the, you know, like in Good Dinosaur, the like realistic animation that that movie has. But then it's like, did it really, did that need that? But, did it Did it add? Or, yeah, did, I don't it, know. or did the story match? It maybe is a better way of saying it. Did yeah. the story match the quality? But, but yeah, so that, that, those were my thoughts on Piper. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't have much more to to, to chat about. Did, did you want to talk about Lulu? <laughs> or, uh, or is that? I, I have no thoughts on Lulu. Lulu is the most forgettable Pixar short. I, I literally don't even remember who the character is. I remember that it's a character... It's like an elementary school playground, and yeah, I, I don't yeah. remember anything about it. It was, I remember being, I've seen it multiple times, and I remember both times I saw it uh, being like, what? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on it? No, I, I haven't seen it recently to, to be able to talk about it much. Okay. The other short I was going to mention uh, that I just kind of wanted to ask a general question about was Sanjay's super team. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I've always been kind of uh, afraid to bring up because I, it's not that I don't like it. I don't want people to think that I don't like it. I just find it slightly weird. And I'm, I'm curious if other people feel similarly about this. So what I want to know, I want to ask if if anyone who's listening happens to be Hindu, do you guys like find this to be an odd concept for a Pixar short? I only ask because, so I'm a Christian and I feel like if someone like a Christian who worked at Pixar was like, I'm going to make a Pixar short where a kid turns the the Old Testament prophets into superheroes, I would find that odd. Not necessarily offensive, just strange. Okay, yeah. And so I don't know if um, the Hindu community has, like, embraced it. Like, I've never heard a Hindu perspective. Because I know that the yeah. director is Hindu. Oh, okay, But yeah. I don't know, like... What the yeah, like what what his his peers would say about it, and I'm just, I'm just curious. So yeah. if if you happen to be a listener who is Hindu, you know, be very interested in hearing your perspective on that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I I was gonna I never got a chance to bring this up, but this is my chance. So with turning red, there's a scene early in the film when her 
when Mei Mei and her mom are like kneeling and like praying. Yeah. To and and that actually really reminded me of Sanjay uh, of of him and his dad. Yeah. Um, praying and I I remember thinking like oh this is kind of a cool like it's rare in in Pixar films to talk about or reference religion and both these situations similar like they're yeah they're kneeling in front of this kind of um, religious. Uh, backdrop or whatever and uh, I, I just thought that was an interesting tie those two like moments but also um, it, it is interesting seeing Pixar touching upon religious themes because it doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. and I, I think it's really fascinating and I'd love to see more of it um, I'm a big fan and I know you are too of Prince of Egypt the oh, DreamWorks yeah. film and like their approach to being very thoughtful about um, the adaption of the Old Testament yeah. story that was yeah. more like like literally the story of Moses yeah. but I just think it's it's cool that they're they're doing it and um, hopefully they're doing it in a ways that yeah. that the community yeah. embraces. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah if you are like a, yeah like I said religious and and you have any insight into this, uh, I I'd just be curious like to know like do you think turning red Sanjay super team do you think these portrayals of religion enrich or belittle your faith or are you indifferent about it like mm. what what does it do for for that you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, good, good topic there. Yeah, so to wrap things up, Ben, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I have, I have some quick questions. Okay. Quick questions, just for you. So to close out the podcast, I got three questions. Question one: Now that Pixar has officially done a spinoff, as in Lightyear, how long do you think before they start turning their shorts into feature-length movies? Ooh. This might be a rhetorical question, yeah. but you know, just this is something that occurred to me while we were while, while I was reviewing the shorts this week. I was like, you know, some of these would make great feature-length movies. Yeah. Which brings me to my second question. Okay. Out of the Pixar theatrical shorts, which one deserves to have a feature-length adaptation? Ooh, I'm adding that to our list of future episodes. <laughs> this is this is an, a big opportunity for a Pix pitch yeah. right, right now. Well, that's a really good idea, and I, I, I could see them doing that. I mean, yeah, like Lightyear, you know, we see the trailer of it, and we're like, we're like oh, this is really interesting. But, like, if you would have pitched that to me a while mm-hmm. back, or, or maybe even just said, like, do you think... Do you think Toy Story, or I mean, uh, do you think Pixar would ever make a movie about, you know, a, a, one of the toys, what it's based off of the real person? I would have been like, that seems a little meta. I don't think they would actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like too deep. Yeah. Um, but they're doing it. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, Pixar shorts, um, I mean, La Luna, I think that would be <laughs> Yeah, because awesome, I, so. I have so many questions about that <laughs> world. I agree. That was going to be one of my pitches is like, let's, you know, explore that world more. Yeah, just off the top of my head, but what about you? Um, so, I mean, I would love to see a feature-length Bounden, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would happen um, without Bud Lucky. And so, yeah, I don't know. La Luna would be a good choice. Partly Cloudy could be interesting. I don't know for sure. But yeah, a lot of the comedic ones, I feel like, you know, Lifted, One Man Band, Presto, those ones I feel like are solid concepts where you can't really ruin it if you go feature length with it because it's based on a mostly humorous concept. Yeah. So it's it's not too hard to, or it's not too um, easy to, to mess up. I don't think you could do like Bow or Jerry's Game. I don't know. Dude, I think Lifted would be good. Yeah. I think Lifted would be, could be really cool because one of the cool things that Pixar does 
is they they take like an idea or like a concept and then they flip it. So for example, like Ratatouille is a movie about a rat that can cook. It's yeah. like those don't go together. Yeah. Um, so like flipping it with like an you know an aliens. You think aliens in, invade and they they come and they you know steal humans or whatever <laughs> do test on them. But this is about a, about a teenager who's just practicing i guess we don't know his intent behind it yeah so something to explore that but i think it could be cool if if his intent was like totally good and so we're like we're like miss um we're 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 not understanding them correctly yeah um i think that could be an interesting film yeah yeah exploring that kind of the relationship between aliens and humans and like maybe have there be some big misunderstanding and like drive home this like friendship that's formed between the, the human in the farmhouse and this teenage alien who's like very off-putting at the beginning, but then they end up like kind of like building this bridge of empathy. That would be interesting. Yeah. Lifted. Uh, the movie coming summer 2025. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to pitch it. We're going to uh, pitch it to, to Pete doctor. Yeah. So that was, uh, I, I will say that that was our pitch. Um, for that question but no uh, the last question I wanted to ask and this is a little bit more anticlimactic out of all the Pixar theatrical shorts which one do you think deserves a sequel because this is uh, another thing I thought of is like I feel like maybe not a feature not all these lend themselves to feature length but maybe maybe do like a sequel to one of these Hmm. like Jerry's Game 2 maybe (laughs) maybe Day and night. I don't know if if you could like do something like I don't know, like a, a new twist. Like for example, maybe there's a third character, but I don't know who that would be. Like dusk or uh, dawn or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, and and like I said, like one man band, uh, presto. Those those could function with with sequels or partly cloudy. Oh yeah, we could get a follow up. Of, of those two characters. Yeah. Because I'm kind of already invested in them. Yeah, right. I think, um, I can't wait to talk more about Spark Shorts because there's a lot of like world build, building there oh, too. yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's so. definitely some, some Spark Shorts that could use like sequels or some sort of like expansion. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that later. But yeah. Those were all. Those were all the questions I had for you. <laughs> nice. I like I said, we, we might have to come back to that in a future episode of really digging more into. May, maybe, maybe once we talk about all four types of <laughs> of shorts, yeah, we could then pick like uh, talk about an episode where we talk about like um, if we could pick one film, you know, to to adapt or or to to pitch. Yeah, and maybe we could um, have an episode about that. Pitch it as feature length. Yeah, yeah, feature length. Film. That'd be awesome. Well. That was the episode, guys. We just went over all the the theatrical sh- Pixar shorts, and uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, yeah, go, definitely go uh, go on Disney Plus and check out their theatrical shorts. Um, now, real quick, as Gareth pointed out in the beginning of the episode, there are different kinds of shorts. We recommend all of them. Um, I think the way it's organized in Disney Plus is underneath the films like section if you scroll down there's shorts and those include the theatrical and the pre this is in the pixar specifically the pixar hub yes on on the pixar hub on disney plus Uh, in the shorts section underneath the films there's the theatrical and then i think at the end of it it has the pre theatrical ones and then there's a list for spark shorts and then there's i could be wrong but i it might be organized differently on each 
oh, person's account. That could be. It could because be because my that I didn't see a a place where it was all organized. I just saw shorts, and it was a mix of straight to DVD, theatrical, and Spark shorts, and they were all just kind of like oh. out of order in one one little section. And I didn't see a section that was organized. Come on, Disney. Uh, <laughs> well, check out the shorts. Um, all of them are great. Specifically, the theatrical ones, I feel like, deserve a lot of love. So go check them out. Yeah. But this has been the Pizza Planet podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you all for listening. And to infinity and beyond. Over onward. Pizza out. Pizza out.